One of the things I like about going on holiday is trying out new kinds of food and drink. This year in Yorkshire, I had a rhubarb cocktail for the first time. Rhubarb, as some will know, is a speciality of Yorkshire cuisine. The world-famous rhubarb triangle is located in West Yorkshire, which once produced 90% of the world's winter-forced rhubarb from the forcing sheds that were common across the fields there. A rhubarb cocktail, I suppose, is an inevitable outcome of our 21st century penchant for fusion of traditional and metropolitan taste. Yet, other people dislike being places where they cannot get familiar food to eat. There was a story circulating on the internet recently about a British holidaymaker to Spain who complained that the hotel she stayed in had too many Spaniards and didn't serve enough British food. Well, we need sufficient and good enough food and drink to flourish. But there's more to food than that, too. Food has meanings. It has social, cultural, symbolic meanings. The food we eat, the way we eat it, says things about ourselves and our, about our place in the world. As our societies become more diverse and globalised, and as individuals we exercise more choice about our preferences, so the range of food we can choose and the difference between choices has diversified. It's no longer appropriate to offer food in a community gathering, for example, without vegetarian or vegan options. And yet at the same time, food has become a contested field with big questions and debates about how truly healthful is the mass-produced, pre-packaged and processed food we consume. How to ensure junk food doesn't squeeze out healthier diets whilst retaining personal choice. How to make sure mass food production methods are not harming the planet and leaving a toxic legacy for future generations to clean up. How healthy and how ethical is the food we eat? So food can mobilize strong opinions and strong emotions. I read once an interview with a prison warder who said, getting the food wrong in a prison is the surest way to spark a riot. We are rarely neutral about food. After all, the decision to eat some food is a very personal one. It becomes part of our bodies, ourselves, but it's also an expression of who we are and what we care about. And as the saying goes, we are what we eat. And so that is much more than simply an observation about our metabolism. Both of our Bible readings this morning use images of food and drink to get their message across. Don't get drunk with wine, says the letter to the Ephesians. Be filled with the Spirit. In other words, be intoxicated instead with the love and the goodness of God. In very lurid language, which was uh, contested then, as we saw from the reading, uh, people were surprised by this language of Jesus, and is still contested today. The Gospel readers, the reading tells us Jesus is the food we need, the food for our souls. 
We need to let Jesus himself be the meat and drink of our spiritual lives. We need to draw on the sustenance of Jesus if we are to live and grow spiritually. Jesus is not just a giver of food, the gospel tells us, like Moses in the wilderness to whom God sent miraculous bread when his people were hungry. Jesus is the food and drink our souls need. But what does this feeding on Jesus really mean? Taking Jesus into ourselves, letting Jesus be a model for our lives, yes, seeking the presence of Jesus in our lives, our thoughts, our ambitions, our aspirations, our relationships with others. It means knowing God and finding God through Jesus. This is what it is to be Christian, to know God through Jesus, the life, the teachings, but above all the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the flesh and blood, the man himself, God was and is in. It is noticeable that once we've eaten food, it's the food that nourishes us without us really having to do so very much about it. So with spiritual food, it is Jesus who gives life to us when we receive him into ourselves, into our lives. The life of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, is the Spirit of Jesus. It is God who works in us. We cannot work our way to God. Now evidently, the words of Jesus in today's Gospel reading refer to this sacrament of the Eucharist, which we celebrate every Sunday. John's Gospel, as those of you who have been to church for the last two or three weeks will, will realise, has this whole section in chapter 6, from which we just read, in which Jesus teaches that he is the bread of life, teaches that eating his flesh and blood brings life. It is very lurid imagery, and there are Christians who shy away from, uh, from that. Um, clearly there were uh, people in Jesus' day uh, who shied away from those statements um, because of, of the very powerful nature of the imagery. One of the things I think that is really uh, very precious to uh, the, the, the Anglican tradition, indeed we share with the, uh, the other apostolic churches, uh, and particularly obviously the uh, Roman Catholic and Orthodox traditions, is this centrality of the Eucharist as our main uh, practice of worship and connection with Jesus. And it's a very important dimension that we, we uh, appreciate. Yes, we take Jesus into our lives uh, mentally and spiritually by uh, taking on board the teaching of Jesus, the doctrine of his death and resurrection and what that means to us. But in this uh, Eucharist uh, service, we make a physical action and we receive actual bread and actual wine into our actual bodies. And this really is a powerful action to help us to realize that we are being incorporated into Christ in that very physical way. And not only that, we are making that connection with 
the world in which God is present, the bread which has grown in the wheat and been made by human hands, the wine also grown in the earth and, um, and being part of human culture. Those things are very powerful symbols of the way in which God is present in the world and the way in which Jesus is Lord of all the earth. So, as the readers of uh, the early days would understand very well, this was a message for them about the Eucharist. They would understand, as we do, that this message was about making sure they were getting the right spiritual sustenance, Jesus himself. We receive this bread and wine by faith, and as we do so, we receive Jesus himself. As a sacrament, it is the outward and visible sign of the inward and spiritual grace whereby Jesus comes into our lives by the Holy Spirit. So in this action of receiving communion, which we do in faith, we are incorporated afresh into the body of Christ. We receive again the true food which Jesus is for our souls. This, of course, is not a mechanical or a magical process. It, it is, as our liturgy emphasises, by faith, as we intend and seek this grace, so God gives us it. As we receive these gifts of bread and wine, so they become for us the body and blood of Christ. We are what we eat. As Christians, we know the way into God's presence is Jesus. We cannot be neutral about the spiritual food we choose. Jesus is the food of the Christian soul. Amen.